Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line. He'd rather be talking about Miami recruiting. It's Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? I've been following your uh, live blog on the Miami Herald all day. Uh, Good day for the Hurricanes, I think, right? Yeah, good day. Obviously, it's never totally drama-free, but... uh, you know, about as good a day as you could ask for, I think, considering the circumstances. Um, you can get all all your info on that on the uh, the Eye on the U podcast, which we will have coming out on Friday to recap signing day. We'll see. Maybe Cormani McLean will uh, will officially be part of the recruiting class by then, or maybe he'll be going to play for Deion Sanders in Colorado. But um, we got some basketball to talk about. Wait, 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 uh, wait, 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 David. Before, as a teaser for the for the I on the U podcast, um, what is Cormani McLean gonna do? Like, I'm I'm interested. I, I'm interested here. Like, what do you what do you feel? I'm pretty uh, interested too. Um, I'll say Cormani has been hard to get a read on throughout this entire recruiting process. Um, I remember when he committed to Florida, uh, like, or when he committed to Miami instead of Florida, like people like kind of thought it was like a joke at first. It was so like out of nowhere. Um, he does not do a lot of interviews. Um, you know, I talked to him at the, uh, he was at the state championships over the weekend, um, and did not, I got him for like one minute and he was like, no recruiting questions. Like my mom, my mom doesn't want me talking about recruiting. Um, so not surprising to me that this is going the way it is going. My gut is still, he ends up with Miami. Um, you know, we know what this modern football era is like and you you listen to all the pitches you can get uh and and try to get the best literally the best offer you can get at this point um the best situation you can find and i i think he winds up with miami because i think um they can't afford to miss out on him at this point um and and mario even even in the pre-nil era mario is a good closer yeah all right Fair enough. Okay, on the, on the basketball. Okay, on to basketball. Um, <laughs> it had been a good week for the Heat. Four and zero road trip. Their first four and a road trip since what was it like twenty? It'd been a long time. It was twenty like eighteen or twenty nineteen or something like that. I think. Um, yeah. Been a long time since they'd had a, a road trip like that. Um, so yeah, against bad teams as we talked about last week, but definitely some encouraging signs. Got above five hundred for the first time all year. Um, the Bam. Renaissance continue. Uh, Tyler playing some of the best basketball of his career, a little bit healthier and saw the the fruits of that health. Um, and then flash forward to uh, Tuesday night uh, back at whatever we're calling the Heat's arena these days. The Heat's house. Uh, the Heat's house with the, that FTX logo still on the court. I kind of figured it would be gone by now, but nope, still right there. Um, the Heat missing a bunch of starters, um, so you know some context there. But they lay an egg against Chicago, a, a bad Bulls team. Um, Anthony, what were your thoughts coming out of that? Because like I said, a lot of in, you know a lot of guys out of the lineup after they'd been more healthy during the last road trip. Obviously, Jimmy not in there with a uh, gastrointestinal illness, which does not sound very fun. Um, no. And they lose to a bad Bulls team. So, you know, some excuses can definitely be made, but also kind of a a, law, a team that you should be able to beat even without some key guys. What, what, was it kind of like a 
same old heat, same same issues we felt were were going on earlier in the year just kind of reared their head again? It's just so hard. Like, I agree it was a disappointing loss. It was a bad loss. The Bulls came in kind of reeling, right, infighting. Like, you hear Billy Donovan's pregame press conference. It's all about what happened in the locker room the night before, all the arguing, all the rumors about Zach Levine not seeing eye-to-eye with the organization. Like, they, they were a mess entering that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Yeah, Heat it feels like they're on the verge start. of, like, tanking. Yeah, I mean, they needed like, that win, right? Like, if they didn't win that one against the Heat team missing three starters, like, man, it could have imploded. Like, at least that buys them a little bit of time, right? You, you, you beat you, you beat a decent, I guess, not an average Heat team at this point in Miami. Uh, it kind of stops the bleeding a little bit, but... From the Heat perspective, like, you're missing three starters. Like, I, I don't know yeah. what to make of it. You know, like, they're missing their best player in Jimmy Butler. They're missing their starting point guard and backup point guard in Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry. They're missing their starting, quote-unquote, power forward and one of their top five players this season, K- Caleb Martin. Um, it's tough. I mean, how and, – and it's not like the Bulls – I mean, the Bulls were struggling, but they have talent. Like, the yeah, Mother yeah, Rosen yeah. is still very I mean, that team good. was, what, the one seed in the East for a lot of last season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're missing Lonzo, but still, like, they're – they're a good team. Zach Levine, um, DeMar DeRozan, I mean, you just start right there. Um, it's tough. So, I, you know, it's kind of like an outlier game. It's one at this point that we they can't really afford to lose, right, when you're trying to make a brown the standing, so it's unfortunate. And I guess the main takeaway is, like, will this Heat, will this heat team ever be whole? Or all season are we going to be saying every other game, well, I don't know what to make of it. Two guys are missing. Like, it just seems like, you know, we're going to reach the – in a couple of weeks, we're going to be at the midway point, and – We've barely seen this team um, even close to 100%. Like, it'd be nice to see the starting five out there for, like, a 10-game stretch just to see what you have. Um, so I guess that would be our main takeaway. Um, Bam and Tyler, like, in the first half, the Heat were just running pick and roll with them pretty much the entire time and having success, and that's how the Heat built the lead. But then the Bulls made adjustments, kind of mucked muck that action up, and it clogged the paint and made the Heat's three-point shooters make shots and – they got good looks. It's just the three-point shots didn't go in. And on the night you don't have Jimmy Butler, and basically half your shots are threes, and you're shooting and you shoot 34%, 35% on those shots, you're not going to win. Um, so it's a bad defensive night, bad on the offensive end, just a bad all-around performance. But again, you're missing three starters. So I honestly don't know what to make of it. Yeah, it's it's uh, in that way, it's the same old story, right? Like again, yeah. the Heat. I would say it's impossible not to come out of that the the road trip not it's impossible to come out of that road trip not feeling more positive about the heat right because they finally so much of the team's problem all year is when they like weren't beating bad teams yeah right which is what obviously good teams do that but also just like solid playoff teams do that and that was a that was a that was a really discouraging sign that they were struggling with bad teams and losing to bad teams somewhat regularly um just to, like it's hard to make the playoffs if you're not I mean, obviously the play-in, like they're not going to miss the playoffs because the play-in now, but it's like it's hard to get a top four, top five seed if you're just like giving games away against like the Wizards and like other bad teams um, yeah. or the Bulls. Um, so the the they they I, I would say that road trip and the fact they were all on the road that like well, that was a real turning point for this team. Again, like is it a turning point for this team to be a title contender? No, they they might they just might be out of the mix on that this year unless something drastic changes, but it was at least a turning point for them as far as like, I don't know, they look like it could be a five seed or something like that and be competitive into the playoffs. Um, so in that sense, I think the, the last, that, that 
the last couple of weeks here have been a little different. Um, but as you mentioned, the other story with this team has just been the injuries. And, and I think we knew in some ways we knew the injuries were going to be a concern for this team. And um, that is what was back on Tuesday where it was, uh, you know, it's hard to bank on this team. Like you, a loss to the Bulls, you know, obviously it's, you, you get, like I said, you get the excuse that the guy's out, but it's still a loss to the Bulls, a, a, a loss you're, a win you're giving away right. against a bad team. And uh, in that sense, we're kind of right back to where we started uh, two weeks ago or whenever we had our most recent, like, fr- whenever we kind of fully soured, I think, on this team. Like two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like, like we were talking about every week, it's like a different, it's either up or down, right? And, and yeah, I think the road trip, like, I don't know if it was a turning point, but there were encouraging signs, I would say, and they were more consistent, which has been a problem for them, like, to find, not to use a sports sport term, consistent to their identity of, like, just playing good defense. Because mm-hmm. um, offense was so an issue on that trip. And against bad teams. Like, that was concerning to me. And, they, I mean, they played so many close games that they've lost that they could have won. And on that trip, they, they won a bunch of close games that they could have lost. So... That's why I'm not like going to go as far as saying it was a turning point because Tyler doesn't score a career high in points. They yeah, easily true. could have lost one of those games, right? They true. didn't, but it's like they won the first three against – Yeah, I mean, they're still not blowing teams, like, out bad points. teams, which is another yeah. – uh, that's yeah. the sign of a good that's team. That's the next step. You blow right. out bad right. teams. Yeah. Right. They're, they're not still not doing that. Um, so, I mean, they're, even coming off that trip, while, yes, encouraging, they were still like, okay, we they got to continue. There's still work to be done. Um mm-hmm. And they took a step back in this game against the Bulls. But again, I think my other takeaway from that game is, and we've set, talked about it now for the last month, their depth is just not what it was last season. Yeah. Not even close. I mean, their bench yesterday was Duncan Robinson, which played 36 minutes. Jamal Kane, a two-way player who played eight minutes. Dwayne Dedman, who played 10 minutes. And that's pretty much it until garbage time. That's just... That's not a good bench, right? And yes, I know that like there's three guys in this lineup that would be coming off the bench normally, um, but the depth that we applauded last year with Caleb Martin and Tyler Hero and Max Strus and Gabe Vincent, though, some of those guys are hurt, and some of those guys now are in the starting lineup. Um, and, and it's just the the depth. I think you're you're kind of it's being exposed a little bit here because of the injury issues. Yeah, I mean it. In a lot of ways, like there, there's. It's not like again. It, I think in a lot of people's, the way the Heat are going to be judged and deservedly so is just can they contend for a championship, right? Because that's basically been the norm over the you know two of the last three years. And right now we're not seeing anything. I guess we sh- we should. I'm trying to remember when the last time we recorded was. It was kind of before this, like Tyler Hero going off for for a week straight. That has to be. I think in, yeah. in a lot of ways, this team is the same as it was last time we talked or the week before, you know, the same it's been all year where it's the, the only thing consistent is the inconsistency. Right. But the Tyler hero, like kind of taking another, we've seen two. I mean, honestly, we've seen Bam really kind of take a step this year too, but yeah. those two guys taking a leap and, and Tyler, especially having one of the, you know, having some of the best games of his career on that road trip, I would say are, tangible positive signs building blocks like again the it it doesn't matter if you keep losing to bad teams once or twice a week right 
Um, but in like the long term vision of this, whether we're talking long term as in May or long term as in 2024, those are important moments for this team moving forward. Definitely. And, and I think I guess the question would be like, how surprised are we that you know, if I would have told you before the season that Bam and Tyler would be having the best seasons of their career and that he would be 500 at this point? You wouldn't have believed that, right? It's just been, it's been that type of year. Um, I do think that's probably the biggest positive, or definitely the biggest positive from so, this season so far, is just how, like, the jump Bam has made as a scorer, yeah. as an efficient scorer, um, and then the jump Tyler has made as an all-around player, and even improving as an as a scorer, which he was already a lead at. Um, they look like they are se- still ascending and could really be the future of this team if you know if they're here long term. Um, which they're signed, you know, under contract to be. Um, so that, that is encouraging. And, you know, Jimmy Butler, when he's been available, has been, you could argue he's having the most efficient offensive season of his NBA career. So they're having positive signs, just like until I think whole this team, I think you would agree that they're probably a top four team in the East, but they just haven't been whole enough this season. Yeah, top, top at some five, point. Right? I mean, we, as we said, there's kind of a clear top three. And then I would say they're them and Philly are similar in a lot of ways, yeah. right? There was teams that came into the year with big expectations, um, co- you know, coincidentally tied a little bit there by P.J. Tucker, right? Um, the Heat, the question was, how are they going to replace P.J. Tucker? The Sixers, the question was, what, how, how much is P.J. Tucker going to help? And instead, they've both been like, it's hard to fault what their top guys do, right? Like Joel Embiid is still great. And I think in most people's mind, one of the best players in the league. And then the Heat, their their top three have been fantastic. But it's just again that like night to night consistency, which is like kind of such an easy thing, boring thing to talk about in some ways. But ultimately, it's it's like the whole deal in an 82 game season, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And and you, they're just there aren't many guys you can rely on from night to night on this team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Struess, who Again, you know, I I think eventually he's going to snap out of the slump, but he's been for the last ten games. I think he's like a twenty mid twenty percent, like twenty five, twenty six percent from three. Duncan Robinson is shooting like thirty two percent on threes. Like their three point shooting is such a big part of their offense, and when their two top shooters are struggling, um, I mean, it's not a surprise that their offense. I think right now is the fourth worst in the NBA, right? I mean, there's more to it than that, but that's a big part of it. Um, and we keep waiting for them to, you know, to, to turn things around and, and for the other, you know, heat shooters to, to, you know, Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vince, when he returns, has not been shooting well, um, to turn around and, and they haven't yet. And again, we have 50 games left, but, you know, as the weeks take on, like they get further, further into a hole where they just stay where they're at. Like, it's just going to be so hard to make up that ground. And, you know, I, I feel like eventually the heat have to get healthy or, it really reminds me of two years ago when I think we were asking the same questions, like what can this team be when healthy? I think Tyler Hero missed time that, that season. Uh, Jimmy missed time that season. And they just never really found a groove because there were so, you know, so many moving parts. Yeah, the comparison to uh, 2020, I guess, whatever you want to call that year, 2020, 2021, um, is, and it is when we've, brought up a couple of times it, it's like feels apt I think in a lot of ways you know that year was odd because it was the COVID year right and I think we were like kind of willing to write that off as excuse 
Um, but I, I mean, you it, know, it's, it is interesting now that we are tr- very much trending toward this team going from, you know, finals team in the bubble to mediocre, right? In the next year, um, out of the playoffs in the first round to now one shot away from making the finals last year to kind of mediocre again. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird to like say that like the, is this team only built to like contend every other year because of how much energy, you know, they expend so much energy on these playoff runs. Um, and that so much has to go right every other year, but I, I don't know if that's the right, right way to think about it because as you said, the three point shooting is so much of, of what has gone wrong for this team. Um, I, I just think it, it is interesting that we're going to, we're, we're in year four of this Jimmy Butler run and, um, no, they've obviously been title contenders two of the years, but they've also been like kind of really frustrating for two of the years too. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually, know. I don't have a really have a point there, but well, it's, but it's, it's a trend that's conti- it's a trend that's continued really like since 2016-17. Like 2016-17 was the year they go 11 and 30, then they go 11, 30 and 11, barely miss the playoffs. The next year they bring back that same team, they run it back right, we'll bring sign Deion Waiters to that contract. James Johnson to that contract, Wayne Ellington, I think, to a contract. Um, they go to the first round of the playoffs, lose to Philly. Um, again, they bring that team back. They don't make the playoffs. Then they kind of, that's when, then that offseason, they got Jimmy Butler. That was Jimmy Butler's first year. They made the finals. They run that team back. Didn't go so well with Myers Leonard and mm-hmm. Goron. Get swept in the first round. Make changes. Get Kyle Lowry. Get PJ. Caleb, all those, you know, kind of redo the team a little bit, make the Eastern Conference Finals, then they run it back for the most part this year, and it just seems like every time they run it back, like it's just not the not the same. Yeah, right. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't it's know weird. if like it's weird. I don't know if it's like a common thread or what, but like it's just an observation that every time they run it back, like it just never seems to live up to the previous year for some reason. Yeah, and it, again, I, I don't know if it's a it is a trend, so it's worth like examining, but at the same time, it doesn't. This one, I mean, in some ways it does because, um, you know, I, I think a lot of that team's problems was Jimmy Butler missed a lot of time that year. Um, yeah. And, and this year I feel like it's the same, pretty similar. And it's pretty I mean, similar. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, I, I made the comparison between them and the Panthers a couple of weeks back, but like, I think both teams like would love to have the luxury of thinking like we're going to be a better playoff team than we are a regular season team, but like, you got to get to the playoffs. And obviously this Heat team is going to make the playoffs, but um, there's a big difference between getting a four or five seed and getting the eight seed or the seven seed or even the six seed maybe this year. If you drunk, you know, if Cleveland is as good as they've looked at various points. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, like the, the the story of this, this season so far is they, they just got to get some wins eventually. And I, I feel the same way when I, I write about the Panthers a lot. It's like, there's a lot of positive signs. Like all the, some of the metrics are good with the heat. Obviously the three stars are good, but like eventually you just got to start getting wins and they did, you know, like we're, we're being negative, but they did get wins. Finally, they got to 500, got above 500 before they lost on Tuesday. But, um, you know, it was, we got that, the heat season of, we, we've said a lot of times it's been a lot of whiplash and, and we got some of that whiplash again on Tuesday. Yeah, and and you can't like put you can't really predict anything with the C team right now because you don't know who's going to be available and how they're going to play, right? Like they haven't they haven't earned that that right to like really just be reliable. But 
they do have three winnable games coming up at home to close home stand. Right, and so that's the thing. It's like we're talking about these, and um, honestly, like they're winnable games, which means like how excited do you get about them? But you got to get excited about the the little wins, the the, yeah. the victories against bad teams, because that is how teams get on a roll and get into the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and look, and, and even with the loss to Chicago, right? Like Indy, Minnesota, L.A. Not like cupcake teams, but still, teams you're probably going to be favored against, right? If yeah. you have everyone of, or most guys available. You win those three, you win the homestand three games over, which, I mean, at this point, like, you take that, right? Like, if after everything you've been through to kind of, you know, and then you have a five-game trip, but to enter that five-game West Coast trip three games over with a little bit of a cushion between you and 500 – um, think that's good. But again, he has to take care of business. Like they have to, guys have to play, right? They have to be available. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the, thing. To, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and it just changes so much. Like I, I feel like people discount a little bit and say it's an excuse. And I know the team won't make an excuse, but, and they overcame it last year, but right. it is, I mean, it is a, it is a factor. Like the way they play changes based on who's available, right? Like look at the bench they played last night. Look at the style they're playing when they're, Taking 53s, the way they play has to change when Jimmy's not there, or Kyle's not there, or Bam's not there, or Tyler's not there. It's just we haven't got a really true read on this team, and it's unfortunate at this point. Um, but yeah, I think it is real. Like they overcame it last year because right, that's, they had I mean, the that's, best month. that's the thing, right? Is that they overcame it last year? And that yeah. skewed the perspective a little but, bit. But but okay. David, we we. we you look back at that December when you know Bam missed that entire month. I think Jimmy was out for most of the I, month. I mean, if you went back and listened to our episode after Bam got hurt, I think we were like, if they could just stay 500, then they'll be a four seed or something like that. But they have the best three-point shooting month in franchise history. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, is that – I'm not saying it was a one-off, but it kind of was. <laughs> like, that. And, you know, some of that was, you know, because they were a really good shooting team last year. But also – it's a well-timed, uh, yeah, they got on good shooting streak. They, they yeah. got unlucky with some injuries and then got lucky, and yeah. it, they, they counterbalanced each other. Like, you I can't don't want to say they got lucky, again. but, yeah, they got fortunate, yeah. I guess we should say. It got you, exceptionally you, hot. You can't expect that every year. And I think right now you're seeing what most teams go through when they're missing two or three starters. Like, yeah. They're not going to be as good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, where, where should we wrap up here? Um, Want to answer a few questions? Yeah, you got a couple questions for the mailbag, right? Yes, I, I do. I don't have them uh, in front of me, so you read them off. Okay, one second. Uh, fill time, David, fill time? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, all right, so the first one, um, well, this is funny because we talked about this. We don't have to address I was going to say, we might have stepped on some questions. of these, right? Yeah. yeah. From at Luke Josh Webb. Why do you think it is that since 2015 we've only been successful every other season? Which is, I mean, there it's we go. That's, that's the question. <laughs> it's an interesting question, and I mean, the only common thread I can think of is just like running it back just hasn't worked out over during that stretch. Like every time they run it back, it just doesn't it doesn't translate to success the following season for some reason. I don't well, know. Here, can, because, I, can I spin? Can I spin this? Can I give my yeah. own follow up question yeah, sure. here then? Yeah. Um, are you surprised that, given the way it went the last couple of times, that Pat ran it back again? Um, I mean, and, I think, and, okay, now I guess the sample size was smaller than now that there's another year of this, like, do you think this changes his thinking at all going forward of how to handle off seasons after, uh, you know, a year like the one they had last year? 
I mean, maybe, but I, I just like I go back to this offseason, right? Like, what what should he right. have done? That, that's the thing. You, you finish one shot away from the from the NBA Finals. I mean, we've talked about this many times, and you had injuries. Kyle was not 100. percent Tyler wasn't available for most of that series. You were so close to getting to the finals. You're not going to blow up that team, right? Yeah. And they didn't really have cap space. It would have to be a trade to do that. You lost PJ. I know that's, you know, people criticize that decision. But look, Caleb's been fine in that starting role. It has hurt the Heat's depth because now Caleb's starting and not on the bench. Um, but for the most part, like, I, I don't know what else he could have done. You, you, they tried for Kevin Durant. It didn't work out. So, yeah, maybe, you know, you could look back and say, maybe they shouldn't have run it back. But I don't know what the other, like, the other route would have been. Yeah, I guess the real way to look at it is kind of, it's kind of the inverse because Pat always wants to make moves. And the one exception, yeah. I guess, was the the Dion run it like the uh, 10 and 31 to 31 and 10 or whatever it was. Um, that one, he like kind of um, decided that the moves was we finished 31 and 10. Like, let's see if it, it worked and can click moving forward. This He's always trying to be aggressive, and the years that hasn't worked out have been the years that there hasn't been a move to make. Like, he, like you said, they they were trying to get. It's not like they were trying to run it back. They were trying to get Kevin Durant. They were trying to get, um, you know, like Durant was obviously the main target, but yeah. like I'm sure they yeah. called on Donovan Mitchell sure. and, and all everyone. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I get it. Like it is a concerning trend and one that you know we'll definitely have to continue to monitor. And I, you wonder if it'll affect their thinking moving forward. Um, but I just as it pertains to this past offseason, I just don't know what else they could have done. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess I will choose this question. At T Solar 22, has Duncan moved ahead of Struess on the pecking order? Which is interesting just because of the timing of it. I, I believe, I'm pretty sure that Duncan played more minutes than Struess um, last night against the Bulls in that loss, um, which is one of the rare occasions that's mm-hmm. happened when both have been available. I still am not sure like if that's going to be the long-term trend that I still think Shrews probably, I mean, Shrews started against the Bulls, right? He was, he's kind of been ahead of Duncan in the, yeah. the entire time. I think eventually Shrews will break out of this slump. He's not going to shoot 25% from three for the rest of the season. I have to think it's going to end and he's going to probably have a really good streak coming up to kind of balance this out. Um, so I, I still think Max will be ahead of Duncan, but it is, I, I do think like Spo is going to continue using both and like whoever's hot in that moment, like might get more minutes, right. Just based on who's playing better or shooting better in that game or during that week, like it might be that type of thing. Um, but I think if all things are equal, I think Max is, will, will remain ahead of Duncan in the, in the rotation. Yeah. He just does more of the things yeah. that Riley values. Like, yes. and these guys get lumped together a lot for obvious reasons. Um, but they're, they're honestly really different players other than like the fact that their main goal is to space the floor and shoot threes. Like they get their threes in very different ways when they're out there. Um, not that either of them are creating off the dribble, but you know, they're, they're just different types of players. And then I think, I think Duncan gives you a little bit more on offense, just like with, I've always liked what he can do with one dribble and a pass. Yeah, and um, with Bam, his two-man and, game with Bam. Yeah, his two-man game with Bam. Um, and Struess obviously gives you a lot more on the defensive end. And, and that, as long as their shooting remains comparable, which I would say it is, basically, yeah. um, you know he Struess is going to have the advantage because, uh, again, he just does his... They're, they're very similar. I, I'd say they're comparable as 
players in terms of like their overall value they bring to the floor, but the Heat just value Struce's skills more clearly. Yeah, and, and it's not like Duncan is shooting lights out this season. Right, exactly. Thirty-two percent on threes. So yeah, if he was like yeah. bubble Duncan, then be a different story. Off the floor. He would. He would, yeah, exactly. He'd be playing more than Max at this point, but that's yeah. not the case. Um, I guess one more question. Uh, from at I finish fights. Um, what would be some legitimate justifications from Pat Riley that he don't make a move to improve the roster before the trade deadline? And my answer to, to that would be, there aren't many <laughs> legitimate justifications, but I guess I have to pick one and just be like, this team hasn't been healthy, right? Yeah, and that's a why, big one. Yeah, that's pretty much all I can think of at this point. Or you just don't want to give a pick, and that's the only way you can make some type of like. Yeah, they they want to you know they want to tank for Wembenyama. That would be a justification. Yeah. <laughs> That's not realistic, but I guess it is possible. It's a potential justification. But I the most realistic one is like just they haven't like would they still feel like when healthy they're still one of the top teams in the East. That that's pretty much it. But yeah, I, I mean it's hard to really at this point at 500 and kind of with feeling like the bench, you know, needs some pieces just to really to provide depth and, and, and kind of balance the roster. It's hard to think of any justification of why, why they wouldn't make some type of Megan, not a, I don't expect a huge move, but just something to add depth um, to this team, I think, would, would go a long way. Yeah, I think you, to me, you know, whatever pick you're going to give up, like how valuable is it going to be? I know the Heat really values their picks, but like, you know, like get a guy, get get someone, get, shake this up because we know that this team is capable of of contending for a championship, if not winning a championship, um, because we saw it in two of the last three years, the same core. And like you said, the three best players on this team are playing better than ever. And certainly in the case of two of them, and like you said, Jimmy, arguably, obviously missed a lot of time. So he's a little bit more, I guess, well rested when he's out there, but <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they, to me, the, the, the only justification is if there's not a move out there, right. But there should be a move out there because there's a lot of different ways they can improve this roster. And we talked pretty extensively about some of the types of players and even named some specific names who would make sense, uh, for this team to go out and get, uh, ahead of the trade deadline. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing Any out. Any move you make is not going to cripple your long-term vision, right? So like No, but 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 giving up a pick, even one pick like limits what you could trade if a star does become available. That is true. That's 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 the thing, right? It's not about like, oh, I don't have that pick. I, the heat they they they're known for not valuing draft picks as much, but it's like they're so right. valuable now in the yeah. trade market. We're, we're, we're getting pretty close to Bradley Beal and DeMar DeRozan and yeah. some of these guys suddenly becoming, uh, I think, up for grabs a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, I think one encouraging thing that he can hold on to, and if they ever get healthy, this will be something you know that will help them, is the starting lineup has been very good together. Outscoring teams by 10.6 points per 100 possessions. One of the best lineups in the NBA. So for yeah. all the questions about that starting group, they have been dominant. Yeah, they don't um, need a starter. As we we went pretty deep on this last week, yeah. and I, I think a lot of our, you know, we're only a week out, so I think a lot of our analysis still stands. But, yeah, they don't need anything to no. augment this starting lineup. They need a dude off the bench to make, make stuff happen. Yes, and to survive those minutes when that lineup isn't on the court. That's been the problem. Um, so... 
if they can get healthy, I, I think they'll be okay. I don't think they're the best team in the East, but um, it, it'd be nice to kind of see them whole for at least a uh, sustained stretch so we could really kind of get a better read on this team. And even Omar Yurtsev, like, we don't talk to him about talk about him that much, but he probably would have been playing um, significant minutes right now with the way Denman, you know, is playing through that foot, foot injury and all that. Like, he, even just him being out, that's another blow to their depth. So it's just been an unfortunate season when it comes to injuries for this roster yeah I guess the question about whether they make like what would excuse them not making a move as you said like would a move preclude them from getting a superstar in the future I mean there is going to be a thought you had like part of the thought process has to be like if we trade a first round pick for Bogdanovich or something right um does that get us over the hump right really like probably not and then on the flip side, if we don't have that first round pick, does that preclude us from acquiring DeMar DeRozan or Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard or whoever it may be uh, down the road? And like there is going to be a balancing act there of like what will a move this year really do? Like in all likelihood, it's not going to get you into the Boston Milwaukee tier um, and maybe you will be better served holding and then going all, you know, sometimes you got to fold right to, to go all yeah. in later. Yeah, you don't want to waste a pick that you don't want to back call, in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, man, I wish we didn't make that move because it didn't really improve us as much as we thought. And now and then we there's can't the other, get a Bradley Beal or something, you know. Right. And, and, and then yeah. the other element of this is like, is Jimmy Butler, you know, eventually he's going to start fading as a player. So, like, it, it's, a, it's a really tricky balancing act for Pat Riley. And I mean, it's part of the game. Like, it's part of what he knew he was getting in for when. He decided to build around, uh, first of all, Jimmy Butler, who was an older player who I think a lot of people around the league figured would not age super well, although I think he is defying uh, those critics at this point. Um, and then going to get Kyle Lowry, like they knew that the window was tight and the, the path to actually winning a championship was really narrow and they almost got there last year and they almost got there two years ago. And, um, you know, it's 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 a really it's a really tough puzzle to to uh it's a tough maze to get through i guess yeah right. i guess the, the saving grace for them is like they they have two young pieces that they can build around. yeah yeah so that's the thing you know? there, you, there is a pivot down the road yeah so. it's not like they're like the cores and you know all just a bunch of older guys like they have two guys in their you know bam is to what 25 or i think 25 and, and tyler's 22 that could be the future of this team but yeah like jimmy's window is closing they and they they have to thread that needle, you know, and, and not like give up the future of the team and sell the future and just to go for it all now. But you also have to go for it now because Jimmy is not going to get any younger. So it is a very kind of um, complicated situation where you have to do a balancing act and, and kind of work both sides. All right, Anthony. Well, I think we can wrap things up there. A little bit of a scattershot episode on signing day, but uh, I, I think we, we, uh, we've got a lot of, you know, Christmas coming up. We're getting close to mid season. Like, we're, we, we're going to go big picture at some point here and try to organize our thoughts and I, I think figure out what the what's to come in the this, this second half of the season after the new year. So um, it's an interesting time for the Heat. Finally, I would say um, I won't say they're fun finally, but like they're not an embarrassment anymore after getting back to 500. Right? It was pretty ugly when you looked at the box, when you looked at the standings and the Heat had a losing record. Um, they're, they're at least trending back in the right direction and, um, we'll see, like we said, if, if they can get a couple games over 500, I think it, it like kind of eases the burden a little bit of like, 
buying you time, right? For, yeah, for a while there, felt there was yeah. a lot of urgency to just get some wins. And if you get a couple games over 500, you move up into, I don't have the standings up in front of me, but they can't be very far off from like fourth in the East, right? Like, no. um, I like, think there were like last I looked like three and a half out of yeah like something like if that. Like you, if you just, get up to like the five seed yeah. or something, a couple games over five hundred buys you some time to till the trade deadline, um to to really maybe get healthy and all that kind of stuff. So, um where we're the Heat as we have joked a lot is changes the story changes every week and um you know at some point it seems like it should change for the better. At some point if they ever get healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the question. Exactly. Um, all right, let's wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, he's got your heat coverage as always. You can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too, and be sure to check out the Eye on the U podcast recapping signing day, uh, which was a historic one for Miami. Um, no matter what happens with Cormani McLean. Um, and with that, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.